Hi, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Sam. And you're listening to Artwise. everyone you're listening to Artwise. i'm your host caitlin merriman and this is my guest sam say hi to everyone sam hi everyone my name is sam and i am the owner and artist behind cottage and coven awesome so she's here to talk to us a little bit about some etsy stuff some small business stuff some big small business stuff though so why don't we start like how how did you begin like your art journey? So like was was becoming an artist something that you've like always wanted to do your whole life or was it something that you kind of learned about yourself later on? It's it's been kind of a, a journey. So growing up, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. So if we wanted something, my mom was the one who was either making it for us or showing us how to make it. So we were making our own Halloween costumes, prom dresses, painting artwork for our house, like doing what we had to do to get what we wanted the DIY way. So art class was like always my favorite subject. I loved it. And it was great because like they give you the art supplies for free while you're there. So that's something I kind of miss about having art class in school is that it's not provided for you now. But my older sister was in drama club. So my mom and I would, on the weekends, when they had weekend practices, we would paint props for them or paint murals for their plays that were coming up. And then we would also go to craft shows together. And my mom would let us have like a little like square foot of her booth and she would let us sell whatever we wanted, which is kind of crazy because like I would be making like this weird shit and my mom was like, yeah, go ahead, sell it. You can keep the money. And then I would like spend my money on like hot dogs at the craft show because I was like 10 and what are you going to spend your money on? So art was always something that was huge for me growing up. And then when it came time to decide what I wanted to do with my life after high school, Everyone was like, don't go to art school. You're not going to make money if you become an artist. So I was like, shit, like, how do I find a career path that I can be creative with still? So that was a really big dilemma for me. Eventually, I ended up settling on going to school for business and marketing. And I was like, maybe I can get in the advertising side. Like, I can show my creativity that way. I can, like, design, like, art for magazines, like, billboards, whatever. So I go to business school and then I ended up getting my master's degree in business as well because I was like, I haven't gotten enough from college yet. I don't know what I want to do yet. So I was like, let me just stay in school a little longer. And then a lot of money later, I was no closer to being a small business owner or an artist. And now I'm totally broke because of student loans. So I was like, I have to get a real job in the real world now. So I eventually, I graduated from college and I ended up getting a marketing internship with a really big casino company. And that kind of put me on the whole like boss babe, hustle, career woman path. And I kind of like lost my creativity at that point. And I wasn't able to apply myself because despite what you think when you hear like Las Vegas and casinos and stuff. It's it's a really conservative industry with a lot of rules and regulations. So I kind of lost myself for a while until like I recently quit my job to pursue this. So it's been a journey. That's super. Yeah, we've heard it all before. Like the people saying like, oh, don't go to art school. But like business and marketing is if I had to say like 
if you wanted to go to school for something to help your art business that wasn't art, that's probably like the the next thing that I would pick. Like if, if you had to go to college, which you you know, no, you don't have to go to college, but like if you right. had to go to college and your parents said it can be anything except art, I would say business marketing is probably yeah, probably what I would pick. Exactly. Do, you, do you think that your degree has helped you with your with your like Etsy shop and your small business? Yeah, 100%, especially the marketing aspect of it, kind of knowing like how to do like keyword searches and search engine optimization and all those big like fancy words and stuff. That is all stuff that I know to look for and know how to capitalize on from the start instead of having to like take YouTube classes and stuff like that and learn how to own a business. I already know that and kind of like the I don't know, like the the tax stuff behind it. I'm a little more familiar. I'm no expert, but at least like getting started, I know a little bit more than someone who is coming in without business experience. For sure. That seems like it would be actually like a really good benefit to have. That's a really that's a really cool background. I love hearing stuff like that because I feel like this is like my personal story. I'm very like kind of I'm kind of woo-woo spiritual, but I always Me think now. <laughs> yeah, right. Like everyone over the pandemic just became into like rocks and stuff. No. But I I think about like my my life and how I started and like I feel like everything I've done up until this point has had a reason even if it wasn't right for me. Now, it's like oh, that's why I did that so that I could get this experience to go on to do this. So like, that's really, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% behind that, that everything I've done in the universe, like you just have to listen and it'll put you on the right path. If you just open yourself to it and follow the nudges, you're going to end up where you need to be. For sure. For sure. I definitely was one of those people that had like, you know, my little five-year plan coming out of high school and Nothing went right. I was throwing so many curveballs, but now I'm like, I would have been so miserable if everything went how I wanted it to go. So I just, I decided I give up. I'm surrendering whatever the universe wants to throw at me. I'm just going to say yes to everything and take take it. <laughs> just, it's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. So that's really awesome. So can you tell me, I know you talked a little bit about like leaving your traditional job, your, your boss, babe. <laughs> your your boss babe ceo what what is it what do they call it there's like a bunch of things on tiktok like yeah i, I don't know <laughs> boss babe energy traditional yes. what was like eight to five regular yeah, yep. traditional job to pursue art full-time like what was that like was it a hard like stressful decision for you or did you feel like like a weight off your shoulders to be free of like a regular nine to five job yeah so it, it's definitely, this has also been a journey. I'm going to take you on a little journey again. So it all basically started during the pandemic. Like you said, everyone was kind of like trapped at home and able mm -hmm. to like explore themselves and find themselves again. And so my husband and I had just moved outside of Pittsburgh for new jobs in February of 2020. So like two years ago at this point. And so we had just both started brand new jobs and then pandemic hits in March and we both got furloughed. So we're like, oh, shoot, like we just spent all this money moving down here, like we're broke. So we're at home just chilling. And so I'm like, let's just, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's just explore what we like again. So he's just playing video games all day because he loves doing that. But I decided to start painting again and doing art. 
And so that's kind of where I found like my signature style during that time and started experimenting with that. And then I was like, I really like doing this. I think I want to start selling some of this stuff that I'm creating. So I started gearing up stuff during the shutdown to open up a shop because I wanted to have like 20 pieces before I opened a shop. And so I started doing that and then I ended up getting called back to work in June. So I was only off for like two months. So I launched my shop in September of 2020, but I couldn't really focus on it because I was working full time. Like I was a manager at a casino at this point of the marketing manager. So I'm like pulling the strings behind everything. I'm the person who's making the ads, sending the emails, telling you to come in and spend your money. And so after the pandemic, I was like looking at the morality of my job and I was like, like the world is ending. Everyone is like, like there's better things to do with our life and our energy. And here I am like convincing old people to come in and spend their money. And then they yell at me because they're losing their money. And it was just like terrible. So I started really hating my job around that time too. So I was like, I should start saving up enough money so that I can quit my job eventually. So I'm still working my job. I'm still like just kind of barely focusing on my Etsy shop and my artwork. And so then fast forward a little bit and it's May of 2021. So May of last year. And we actually found out that my husband had cancer and luckily he's in remission now. He's doing great. But that's another thing that just kind of like opened my eyes. So now I'm battling like taking care of him, working every single weekend, all the holidays, not having any time to spend with my husband, who at the time I was like, is he dying? Like, who knows? We can laugh about it now, but like, it was a really scary time. And so like, during this time too, my job is just like pushing me harder to work for them harder and do more. And I'm like, I don't want this anymore. Like, I don't like this job. I can't be myself. I was living like a double life. I couldn't show anyone my artwork because like I said, they were all like, conservative older like white people so if I'm hanging up my like rainbow mushroom artwork they're gonna think I'm like a weird like pothead hippie which like maybe (laughs) I am but like they can't know that I'm like a business professional here so like I wouldn't like put any of my stuff in my office everyone's like why don't you decorate like so finally I hung up some of my stuff and people would come in my office and they'd be like that's nice like did you paint that and I'm like yeah, I actually like sell these, but like nobody was responding well. So anyway, finally in like September of 2021, I was like, I've had enough. I'm so stressed, like taking care of my husband. I can't focus on my work. I was physically getting ill from it. And so I I had to tell my boss that I was going to quit. So I'm like bawling in his office because like I really did like the job. I had worked for this company for like four and a half years. Like they really did help me a lot. And it was a well-paying job. So it was very scary to quit. But like the second I put in my resignation, everyone was like, oh my God, like you look so much happier. You look like a weight has been lifted. So even physically, like the weight was lifted off of me. So yeah, it was, (laughs) it was definitely time. And I had to save up enough to be able to like take off some time for it. But the weight definitely was lifted almost immediately when I, when I decided to quit. (laughs) That's that's awesome to hear. I like I feel like every time even even if it's like a temporary thing, I feel like every time I hear someone say like I found like what I want to do, like I found my passion. This is what makes me happy. Everything else feels horrible. 
<laughs> everything else, <laughs> especially like with with work, because you definitely it's it's really hard to. And I feel like people under underestimate it a little bit because especially like as artists who have like passions and things that make them happy, I feel like um, kind of like separating yourself from that and forcing yourself to do something that drains you and makes you exhausted. And it's it's hard too. like working a full time job when that's the last thing you want to be doing, taking up, you know, 40 plus hours of your week it's it's exhausting so I feel like it's a really like inspirational story for other people to hear like oh my gosh maybe I can do that too one day you know so I thought that was that was really amazing that like you made that transition because I know a lot of people myself included (laughs) struggle to do that (laughs) because it is a hard decision it's very stressful and your whole situation like seemed really really stressful so I like I commend you that's thank awesome. you. <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel is there, and you, now you're here to tell the tale to people who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. So that's awesome. I think there's always a light. You just have to look for it hard enough, and then maybe it'll show up for you one day. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So, so what? What are like the key key differences between like your initial like job that you had? And then what you're doing now. Can you like explain like the the differences like between the two? What made you take the route you did? Like do you do you work the same hours? You put yourself on a schedule or is it just kind of like what like ebb and flow, like what comes in? Am I making yeah. sense? Yes, you're making sense. <laughs> okay. So I definitely I'm like a a little bit scheduled, but it's a little more loose. Like I let myself sleep when I need to sleep now. Like I'm on a different sleep schedule than I was when I was on my nine to five. And I definitely, I usually try to take weekends off so that I can hang out with my family and be with my husband and stuff because that's something I was missing in my previous four years of life is that Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to spend time with my family and friends when I wanted to. So that's something I really like about that. I do try to keep myself on a little bit of a schedule or at least like set tasks for myself to do each day. Like today you're doing like emailing and overhauling your website or today you're going to paint at least three items. Like I try to at least do that for myself, but I also like to listen to when the creativity strikes me. So I'm not forcing myself to sit down and create something because it's just going to look like shit if I don't have an idea before I paint it. Sometimes if I'm feeling creative but don't have an idea, something will just come out, but I'm not forcing myself to like work if I don't feel like something good's going to come of it that day. Yeah, that's really especially in in any creative field I would say some some jobs it's harder like me personally I'm a graphic designer and I have to work in 8 to 5 I have no choice but to make art when I'm scheduled to make art, you know what I mean? But for people who do have like, you know, own their own business, have like a, you know, small business or even do freelance, it's it's really good if you're able to just like when creativity strikes do whatever and like even if and this is something that I stand by it's not a crime to make bad art if you have an idea and you're like I don't know how this I don't know this is gonna come out just do it (laughs) you'll you'll feel better that's what causes art block (laughs) is getting ideas and being like oh absolutely not don't fight yourself creativity is like it's like water if you if you block it you're you're not gonna get any more ideas so 
that's that's really cool that you're you're able to like incorporate that you know into into your business because I think that that's like the best way to create things. So one question that I did have was like, how did you find your niche in your little art business? Because I was looking at your your little Etsy. I like to support small businesses. I think I'm actually going to make like off topic a little bit, but I think like on my TikTok account, which a lot of people from the podcast don't follow me on TikTok, Rude. and that's fine. But <laughs> if you want to, it's Kate, Kate Merriman Art on TikTok. But anyway, I was going to make like, a TikTok series of like all the stuff that I buy from small businesses and be like, oh my gosh, got a packet. I know some people already do that, but I have an art account. So I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe that's not really like, maybe that's weird for my account. But now I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. So I think I'm going to make like a little series where I'm like buying from like all these small businesses. And I definitely want to get stuff from your business because I, I looked at it. And that's why I contacted you too, because I thought, oh my gosh, super cute. I like the little Thank hat. You. Do you have any more hats? <laughs> I, last time I looked, I didn't see any on your shop. I do have one right now, but I have some blanks that I'm looking to paint. So if you do, like I do custom work too. So if there's like a certain kind of like colors or whatever you're looking for, I can definitely collaborate with you and make you something you'd love. (laughs) Oh, we'll, we'll be in touch. But anyways, how did you find your niche? Like, is there, (laughs) is there like a story behind like the whole nature theme, like the little mushies and the plants? Like, is there a story behind that? Or is that just what you like to paint (laughs) kind of so nature is definitely something that especially during the pandemic but my whole life has been very like healing and therapeutic for me so if I'm looking to like relax or like unwind or just like find myself or inspiration like going on a walk is one of the best things I can do for myself so nature is definitely close to me in that aspect but when I was What I'm finding, and it's kind of funny to me, is that now that I'm trying to like find myself again and find my style, I'm gravitating towards things that like back when I was in elementary school and I feel like I was like the most myself. I was like not caring. I was not jaded by the world yet. Like I was doing what I wanted. I would always paint like silly little fruits and like I love painting strawberries now and I was obsessed with mushrooms. And I'm like, wow, like now that I'm actually like letting myself be who I am, I'm becoming that person that I was like back when I was young. And I'm like, man, like how crazy is it that like little old me knew who she wanted to be and knew her style all along. And then like I let the world change me and suppress me so much over the years. And it's kind of sad, but it's kind of nice. So that's definitely where like part of that comes from. And then like behind every piece that I do, almost every single one of them has like a story or inspiration for it. And I usually like include notes to the buyers of like the stories behind the things I paint. Like I can think of one example. I painted like it was a a little tray that someone bought for me and it had a mushroom and a strawberry on it. And the design name was Strawberry Pals because (laughs) me and my best friend call strawberries strawberries from like a meme that we saw a while ago. And so I like wrote the note and I was like, this is named after my best friend. We call strawberries, strawberries. I hope you love it. And she sent me a review and it said like, I bought this tray for my best friend. And like when I opened your note, it w- I knew it was destiny because I saw that like this was named after your best friend. And I just thought that was so cool. And like, I just hope that people see it in my art that like everything really does have a lot of heart and there is always usually a story or a big inspiration behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I need to try and find it. I should 
I should Google it. There's a quote. I don't know if you've heard of this quote. Maybe you'll know off the top of your head and I won't have to look it up. But (laughs) there is like a quote that I just heard pretty recently. And as soon as you started talking about like, you know, things that you liked to draw, paint, whatever from childhood, like you feel like you're stepping kind of like you're almost like bonding with like your inner child in a way. (laughs) It reminded me of this quote that's like, everyone is born an artist, but some people don't forget how to be an artist and those are the people that are like in touch with their inner child I'm really interested now like I'm I'm wondering if maybe there's like a connection to like just like you know like childhood versus like adults and you know art I'm like wondering if there's some sort of connection there because there's definitely a quote that I saw from somebody have you heard that quote before? I I have heard the quote but I can't like I don't know it verbatim, like off the top of my head, but I definitely know what you're talking about. I'm going to look it up. Hold okay. on. It's got somebody had to have said it. Yeah. And while you're looking that up, I wanted to say back when you were talking about your TikTok and opening things from small businesses, I totally would love that. I love watching stuff like that. And I think like, I, I always do this to myself too. There's things that I want to put on my channel, but it's like, should I do that? Because usually all I'm doing is art on my channel. Do people even care if I add something different to my channel? So I definitely experienced that hesitation myself. But I think we should just go for it. Like, screw it. (laughs) Do what we want. Oh, I'm so upset. Oh, no. (laughs) I found out who said the quote and now I'm mad. Who was it? Picasso. It's like a running joke on this podcast that I hate that guy because I hate that guy. I hate that guy. He's he's like not a good person. And normally, like I used to in season one, I was very much like we have to separate the art from the artist. And then we had a guest come on who literally changed my mind in under an hour. It was kind of crazy. But now I'm like, okay, I'll separate the art from the artist. Still don't like Picasso's art. And he sucks. (laughs) But he's the guy who said it. He said, Every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once he grows up. You know, I think there's a different quote, though. (laughs) I think we're mixing a couple together because I also don't love him. So No, I hate Picasso. But I mean, I think the quote is kind of right. Yeah, it is. hopefully, Hopefully he heard it from some guy who heard it from some guy who heard it from some guy and it's not even his, but probably (laughs) we'll never know because Picasso, his name's in everybody's mouth for no good reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wish someone would tell the truth other than me because my episode (laughs) made a lot of people mad. My Picasso episode. It's the first episode of season one. It's the very first episode of this podcast. It was just me going, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> Picasso sucks. No, I, that was the guy though. But yeah, I definitely do want to do like a series, you know, I don't have like a ton of money, but I would love to put my money into that. I feel like that's a lot better than me ordering Uber Eats every other day. So yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I love content like that too. I, I follow people who do similar things and I thought that would be like a really nice thing for me to have on my TikTok account because I don't really like to talk about myself during other people's interviews because that's rude, but I'm starting my own business as well. And I think a lot of my my business I want to like kind of incorporate other small businesses I'm really into like community building that's why I host the podcast it's for artists to kind of like you know vibe with each other and whatnot yeah I love that and that's the thing that I'm kind of missing because we moved into like an older 
community mm-hmm. and a more conservative community unknowingly. Like we didn't know we moved here for jobs and just kind of bought the first house we could because the market was insane. So like we're, we don't feel like we're part of a community here. And so I'm trying to put myself out there and like go out to like small businesses and stuff and build a community for us to be a part of because it doesn't feel like there's a community here that we belong to. So that's why like I love going online and like TikTok and like Instagram and like I'll comment on people's stuff and be like, hey, I love this. Like, like I want to be your friend. I don't say that. But, you know, it's just like it's hard to build a community, especially now. Like nobody even knows their neighbors. So I love that you're inspiring and helping to build an artistic community. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's been one of my, I have a lot of goals with this podcast. I've spoke about it on the podcast before. I have a lot of goals with this podcast. And that's one of the main ones is community building, networking. Networking is super important in art. I say it probably every episode. I'm like a broken record, but it's it's true. It's really, it's it's awesome too. Like anyone who's listening to this podcast, like you're doing the right thing because we all learn from each other as artists, you know? Even if, you know, whoever's listening, I'm sure some of them have probably been trying to build up courage to start an Etsy shop and like haven't been able to yet. And then they're going to listen to this and maybe they'll sign up, who knows? And that's the thing, even if they aren't, really looking to do that. There's definitely someone on this podcast that could help them. And honestly, you can learn from someone even if they're on a different path than you. It's just, it's about like opening your mind and heart to other people and their experiences because, you know, and this is called something, but you know, when you're sitting in traffic, this sounds off topic, but it's not, I swear, I'll bring it back around. You know, when you're sitting in traffic, right? And you're driving. And you look at all the cars and you're not moving and there's so many cars and you're like, wow, there's like a person, every one of these cars that's had like a whole life before this and I know nothing about it. And it's just, it really hits you. It's like that. It's like people don't really think like, oh, you know, these people have had whole experiences. And if I just talked to people and like got to know their story, like maybe they would have like something that could help me. And chances are from every single person, you have something that you can gain and like learn from them, not in like a manipulative, like gross way, but in like, like, you know, helping each other through this art journey together kind of way. So I think that's, that's another super cool thing with, with this podcast. And with like, even just by coming on this podcast, you're opening like so many possibilities to meet all these other artists that are also on the podcast. So that, that's awesome. But yeah, that's, that's really cool. All the, the childhood stuff, everything. So I have a question that's more businessy. Yes. <laughs> so as a seller on Etsy, is there like a specific reason why you chose Etsy over like other websites? I know there's a few of them. There's actually like more as I as I'm like on TikTok scrolling, I see more and more like Etsy alternative, Shopify, WooCommerce. There's so many. Is there like a reason you chose Etsy? Yeah. So yeah. Honestly, it's a bit overwhelming at first. And a lot of them I have learned through TikTok as well, which is awesome that we're learning so much through TikTok because it's not just an entertainment platform. It's educational. But I I went to Etsy because at the time it was definitely, and I think it still is probably number one in the game for small crafters and creators oh, and artists. Yeah. And a lot of the other ones that I looked into, like Shopify or even just independently creating a website to sell my stuff through 
they're a lot more expensive. Etsy is like free to create your little shop. And then it's like 20 cents to list an item on Etsy. And then from that, like you sell your item and they'll take a cut, which is like 5% of your item, which it does hurt. (laughs) It sucks. But it's also you're paying for the marketing that they have behind it. Etsy is out there like putting your listings on Google for you. They're out there like people know who they are. So it's It was just for me, knowing the importance of marketing, I know I could not afford to pay for the marketing that I would need as a business starting out, whereas I can use a platform like Etsy and they're going to provide the majority of the marketing for the fee that's already associated. But the fees in there are something I could handle versus like shelling out $200 up front for promoting my web page on Google or whatever. So it, it mainly it was the the marketing that goes behind it and the convenience. And it's also very like user-friendly. So once I actually got into it and started using it, like you can do everything from the platform. If you sell an item, you go in, you click purchase shipping label, you can print the shipping label right from your computer. You can schedule pickup. So I don't even have to leave my house. Like the post office will just come to my house and pick it up all through Etsy. So it's definitely been very convenient. I think like depending on where I go, maybe in the future, I'll create my own website that I sell from. But for now, like Etsy is just it for me. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I I know people who use Shopify and I know people who use Etsy. And I know like I've heard people online as well just kind of complaining about Etsy's fees. So, I was just like I, I know you talked you touched on that like a little bit, but I was just wondering because I know that there are so many options out there and yeah it is expensive to like you know buy a domain and you know i actually i had another podcast in the past and i had a website and i bought a domain it was through wordpress and then i used woocommerce to sell it was an astrology podcast so i used woocommerce to sell uh, natal chart readings through my website and it was actually like it was really good it was super user friendly I thought it was awesome, but it was expensive to get it started. And it definitely, if I could go back in time and tell myself not to do that, I would, because obviously the podcast is, it is, has combusted into thin air. It does not even exist anymore and neither does the website. So there was (laughs) no reason for me to invest, but you know, when you believe in something, you invest all your money into it, you know, so I probably would have just done it on Etsy had I known, you know, what what was going to happen, but I can't see the future. So I, I, anyways, I'm getting off topic again. I do that so bad. I'm a rambler. Like it's why I started a podcast, but it's like not, I'm like quickly learning. It's not so great for these interviews because I'm like, yeah, let me talk about this unrelated thing for 15 minutes and then I'll ask you a random question anyways. But yeah, so Etsy has, it's like, it's been good. Like you're happy with it. You you would recommend it to other people. That's like my yeah, Yeah, I think I would. You just have to be very conscious in the beginning about how you're pricing your stuff, especially like if you're going to offer free shipping, which I do, you have to make sure that you're building that into your products and you have to make sure that you're paying yourself a livable wage off of your products too. So like some of my things, I can't sell for as much as I want to sell them because nobody's going to pay $70 for a one inch ceramic tray with a butterfly painted on it. Like, you know, it's like you have to be careful. But if if you do... <laughs> If you understand how to price your products and you are able to 
make the livable wage from it, which I'm not quite 100% there yet, but I would recommend it. So my mom actually has an Etsy. Here's an anecdote for you. My, my mom has an Etsy shop and I she probably thinks I'm annoying because I constantly tell her, I'm like, you got to raise your prices. You, you're not charging enough. And she's like, you don't understand. People won't buy it. And I'm like, mom, rich people will buy anything. We got people buying JPEGs up in here. Like people will pay like top dollar for anything. And she's like, you don't get it. So I was wondering if like, it's like, so you, you also probably feel kind of similar to her. Like, oh, people won't buy it if I price it too much. Have you tried like pricing things at insane prices before and it hasn't worked or? I have with some of the things. Yes. So, and the ones that I've priced really high haven't sold, but I'm like, maybe it's just because it's not my best work, but I'm like, if I made like, um, mobile that goes above a crib out of like felted stuff and everything. And so I am like charging it fairly when it comes to my time and supplies, but no one's bought it yet. And it's been up for a couple months and I've seen other ones priced even higher. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I think this is really nice. So, so I don't know. There are certain things that I'm like, is this just a dud or like, am I not like listing it correctly where it's getting in front of the people that would actually pay for it? Or am I just charging too much? So it's kind of a a weird balance. And even though I've had my shop for like almost two years, a year and a half at this point, like there's still things I'm learning when it comes to pricing and what people want and what they'll actually buy. For sure. Yeah. No, I just, I was wondering because I don't know. I haven't had an Etsy shop or anything. Like the closest thing, like I said, was my last website. So it's always good to like hear other people's experiences with it. So what what would you say is like the like single-handedly hands down most difficult part of running a business through Etsy? Like work. I would say um, it's just so competitive and Mm -hmm. It almost, I find it hampering my creativity sometimes because I'll have this great idea for something in my head. And then before I even like create it, I'm like, I better check Etsy and make sure no one's already selling this. And then I'm so I'm like, is this an original idea or is it something that I've seen before? And now I think it's my idea. And so I'm like, oh, like what? So I'll go on Etsy or I'll do like a Google search to see if this like art even exists yet before I create it. And then I'm like, okay, like if something similar exists, how much are they charging for this? Because I don't want to waste my time making this thing. So it it kind of like will kill my creativity sometimes doing stuff like that. So I think that's probably one of the hardest things. Oh, uh, I don't know if this is good advice, but I think you should just stop doing that. Like, don't even look it up. Too. Yeah, I don't know. I could be giving you horrible advice because like what you do, like that makes sense. That's like a good train of thought to have. But also I feel like you're killing your creativity. Like you're going to give yourself art block if you keep holding in ideas because somebody else has already done it. You don't know. know if you're going to do it the same way. You could sit down to do it and then you could get a new idea and it could completely change. So exactly. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and that's, that's usually what happens. Like I'll see something and like I feel I'm always doing this to myself I'm always like walking that line between like looking up things online to get inspiration or to see like I want to paint this kind of mushroom but what does this mushroom even look like and then I start painting it and I'm like oh shit am I copying someone's mushroom like I liked how they painted this side of the mushroom so like if I paint it this way am I stealing their ideas which I'm not like it's just 
inspiration, but I'm so conscious. And that might be the business side of me with like copyrights and all that shit. I'm like, I don't want to steal someone's idea by like even getting inspiration from them or like looking at a video, how to paint this thing. Like it's so dumb, but I I do that to myself a lot. Mushrooms exist in nature. (laughs) You're not copying someone else by painting the same type of mushroom. I know it's so dumb. (laughs) No, don't get in your head about it. Like just have fun. It's supposed yeah, to be fun. That's like, that's the whole thing. It's like the reason why you do everything is to have fun. There's no point if it's not fun. And I if know. it's not fun, just don't do it. That's probably really bad advice. There's a lot <laughs> of really not fun things that like we have to do. But <laughs> lately I've been of that mentality though. I've been like, oh, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Like if it's I'm not tr- fun. <laughs> I completely agree. I'm trying to get myself there, but I, I ha- you know, I, I have like crippling anxiety around like, you know, I have like financial issues and like mm-hmm. just can't do it. Like I totally understand. I'm giving advice. I I I don't practice what I'm preaching at all. But like sometimes I don't either. So it's okay. <laughs> I just want other people to have a good time. But if I'm miserable, I'm like, it's the sacrifice I'm willing to make as long as everyone else is that's a really bad mentality. Don't listen to anything I say ever. <laughs> that's just how I am. It's not good. I'm working on it. Yeah, you got to work on that a little (laughs) bit. But I totally understand where you're coming from because I'm like queen of like wanting to host people and like throw these great parties and people have a great time. Meanwhile, I'm like, ooh, like, are they having a good time? Like, did I cook the food right? Did they they have (laughs) to drink? So I'm like that too. Like, I just want people to have a good time even if I'm not. (laughs) Yes, every aspect of life, 100%. (laughs) Like, it's hard way to live. Is everyone else okay? No, it's... Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyone listening? People pleasing is not a good it's not good. <laughs> it's not fun. Anyways, anyways. So we've heard the worst. What is your favorite part about what you're doing? All-time favorite, hands down. Best thing. I think as I'm talking about how I like hamper my creativity all the time but the best part is being able to be creative and I love being able to create something that I think is awesome and then if I list it online and someone actually buys it like right away it's so validating that like people actually like what you're creating or like if I put a video on social media me painting something and someone sees it and they're like this is so cool like I love this you're so good it really just is like, wow, there's other people out there who appreciate what I'm doing and they think it's worthy of my time. So it's not that I like need validation from people. It's just the fact that people appreciate what I'm doing and that's what I want to do. I want to brighten people's day by creating art like on a water bottle that they can carry around and look at it and be like, this is so cute. It makes me happy. Like, I just want people to be happy. <laughs> I guess the people pleaser in me, but that's, that's what I like to do is just create things that make people smile. So, yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think that specifically is people pleasing. I think that's, <laughs> I feel like people pleasing to an extent is like a normal human thing. Like, obviously you don't want to make other people upset or anything like you want other people to be happy it's just it's to the extent of what you're willing to do to make sure other people are happy that's like where um, yeah that's where the problem lies but that's that's super awesome I I love Etsy stuff I you know I like I said my mom I I think she has a couple of different shops but she she loves doing Etsy I'm always trying to, to, to get her to be creative so I I thought it'd be awesome to have like an Etsy artist come on 
and talk. And two, I, again, like I said, I love your little, it's just so cute. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> know. next paycheck, I'll be dropping a check. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so this is, this is interesting. So I like to ask people on the podcast this where I can. And this is what advice would you give a young artist who wants to follow a similar path as you? Is there like anything that you wish you would have avoided or done sooner or any yeah. anything like that? <laughs> so there are definitely two things here. First thing is do what you're good at. So when I first started, it was kind of during like where TikTok was really blowing up and you're learning a lot of information on TikTok and seeing all these like girl boss ladies talking about what you should be selling on Etsy. And all of them are like, oh, you should be selling digital art because this is what is the best, blah, blah, blah. You can people download it. You don't have to pay shipping. And I'm like, that sounds great. I should really figure out how to translate my art into digital art so that people can buy it. And so instead of doing this, like where I would like paint something, which painting is what I'm good at, I would like try to like shittily <laughs> recreate it like through a digital drawing software, which I'm not good at at all. But I was like, no, I'm good. Like this, this looks good enough. And so I was like listing these shitty like digital prints. And I was like, why is no one buying my art? Like, why don't people like this? So I fell into that trap of like trying to do what other people told me that I should be doing to make money, like selling myself short or selling out to like the cash grabs. So don't do that. <laughs> you have to do what you're good at because if people can see the like passion and love behind what you're doing and it's your what you're good at, it's going to be better than if you're creating something that's like you just trying to cash grab. So the second thing that I learned, which is probably like the biggest thing for Etsy that I have found out so far, is that for a listing, you want to be able to have something that you can recreate so that if people review that listing and purchase that item multiple times, that listing can gain popularity with the algorithm of Etsy and like they'll list it like for you. They'll give it priority when people are searching for it. So a lot of the stuff I sell, unfortunately, is like hand-painted one-off items but I have this one thing I sell which is like dried orange garland and people love it it's just dried orange slices strung up on some twine but it's easy for me to recreate and that's the listing for me that gets like the most reviews the most attention and like Etsy promotes it the most for me so I think like I'm gonna venture into like art prints because that's something that is recreatable and I can do that with my painting so I would do something you're good at and something that you can recreate easily so that you can really take advantage of the Etsy system. Yeah, I was actually wondering like how that works because I know like I know a lot of people on Etsy and the whole Etsy's whole thing is like, you know, it's like small business. Most of the people that have shops have like if it's not hand painted it's it's handmade stuff and most of the time you can't like re really replicate that in a way that it's going to be um I feel like too and this is this is something that I didn't bring up earlier but I'll bring it up now a lot of people expect Amazon from Etsy often they'll be like why hasn't this shipped yet I have to make it it hasn't shipped yet I know I have to make it it's mm -hmm. like people expect like Amazon from everywhere almost and I was like I was just kind of like curious, like how, how have you dealt with that? Yeah. So <clears throat> for me, I offer custom stuff, but a lot of times people don't take advantage of that. So for me, most of the stuff they're buying from my shop is already made. 
So I haven't really had to deal with that too much because I already have it in inventory and I can get it packed and shipped pretty quickly. But it is something that I get nervous about because some of the stuff I list, like if I'm painting a certain design on like a tray, I'll paint like two or three of them at a time. But even though like I'm painting the same design, each thing is like a little different. So I'm always nervous because I don't post a picture of every single one of that design because it's the same thing. It's just slightly different. So I always get super nervous that when people get the design and it looks slightly different, like they're going to be like, what the heck is this? Like, I hope they would understand because it's a hand painted item. It's not like a print or a reproduction or something. But so I've received like a couple like negative reviews, mostly for my orange garland, where people are like, oh, this orange has holes in it. And I'm like, well, when you dry an orange out, like it naturally gets like little like holes in it sometimes. I'm like, I don't know what you expect. So it's, it, it's upsetting, but you just kind of got to roll with the punches and like, yeah no I that's so oh my gosh that's so frustrating I'm mad for you right now no I I have seen so many people get like these messages like expecting things to be like like mass produced all exactly the same like you would get from like Amazon or from like a Walmart and it's like I I could not I don't think I could do it I Etsy for that reason I don't think I could sell things to people in that in that way because I would I would I would probably get mad (laughs) yeah like are you dumb like you know how you know what happens when you dry out an orange I don't know what happens but apparently there's holes in it and that's like normal (laughs) so you shut up I don't know. Yeah, I re- I was like, are you kidding me? I was so mad. But like, luckily for all my like hand painted items, I've never gotten a bad review. And usually people leave me like, really nice reviews. And they're like, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> so it's been pretty positive for the most part. Like, it- it's been overall great. Yeah. So did you want to talk a little bit more about like the items on your shop? Like what what kind of items you offer? Because I feel like we talked a lot about like your story and how you got to where you are. But like, I, I feel like we've only talked about like a couple of things. Like I know I mentioned the hats and now we're talking about oranges. And <laughs> did you want to talk about like what what most of your shop consists of? Like specifically? Yeah, it's honestly, it's kind of like a hodgepodge because um, I'm just out here doing what I want and painting on random things <laughs> every day. But the the main theme of everything is nature inspired. So a lot of the stuff has like mushrooms on it or like landscape type things or botanicals like ferns or like butterflies or moths. So I sell like drinking vessels so like different reusable water bottles some coffee mugs trinket trays for like rings or crystals or tarot cards so I have those and then I have hats and what else I'm gonna be listing some art prints soon so I'm starting to paint on canvas and then transfer that into art prints so I'll have those too but yeah maybe selling the originals too I don't know so I painted recently I painted one and it's like inspired by my husband and he was like I really want to keep the original he's like are you gonna sell that so I think for some of them I might sell the originals but for some of them I might keep them if they're like really special to me okay interesting I've always like I've always wanted to buy someone's original but I I don't make enough money to buy original art pieces like that <laughs> I wish I could be an art collector me that, too. that would be so cool <laughs> like I, I would I would literally if I was rich game over I would own all the art like if Mm -hmm. I had if I had like Bezos money that's what I would oh man 
all my investments and that's the thing too like art is like it's like buying a car or a house like it it resells like at high value so i I, that's what i would do it's kind of off topic but yeah no i was just wondering if you were if you would put originals up because i always see um you know people sell originals and i'm always like i need to get someone's originals i just need to do it one day i'm like i'm so torn about it because obviously like I think before I sell originals, people kind of have to know who I am in order for me to like, like for it to mean something, you know, so I don't know if people care about a Sam original right now, but maybe in a couple years, they'll be like, Oh, yeah, but maybe if they get it early, then they're like, really excited. So I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. So are you is that something that you're like working on, like with like TikTok and social media is like, uh, marketing yourself I don't is that the right yeah yeah so I'm definitely trying to build a following and kind of get my face in front of people and I think that a lot of times especially now people want to know the face and story behind the art they don't really care so much if it's like whatever it is it's a great painting that's awesome but if they like you I think they're gonna like your art more So that's something I'm trying to do is kind of build a following, just get out there and really advocate for myself because nobody knows you're an artist until you tell them. So, you know, I'm trying to like get out there, show people who I am, show people my art, and hopefully it'll lead to something bigger in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. I always wonder too, because I know it can be difficult. I've seen, I think most of the people that are going to be on this podcast won't have this problem because obviously they volunteered to be on a podcast. So you're, <laughs> you have no problem like talking to, well, at least me. I think I'm pretty easy to talk to. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I know that a lot of artists probably listening and not on the podcast, but a lot of artists who, you know, are, are listening to this podcast, I know something that artists struggle with is, you know, networking, talking to people and putting yourself out there. And, you know, I definitely, you know, I was, that was, well, I can't really say that about me. I did like theater all through middle school and high school. So, um, alongside like National Art Honor Society and like all that other creative stuff. But I know that that's like a trend, like, cause art is a very personal, it's a very personal, it's a personal thing. Like when you're doing a painting, like you're not involving other people when you're working on a piece, unless, you know, unless you're working in a team of artists on one collective thing, it's, it's really easy to become really introverted and be like, oh, I could never be on a podcast and tell people about myself and show my personality. And I think it's really important to like remind you know, artists who might be newer, like, hey, no, you can do that. And like, we're all we're all artists. We're all kind of weird. We're all kind of quirky and introverted. I mean, a lot of us are introverted, you know, people. And, you know, you got this, like, you can do it. And I feel like a lot of people feel like discouraged because they're like, I could never, I could never post videos with my face in it. I could never, you know, go on a podcast and promote my art. I could never blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's, yeah, that's a whole thing. (laughs) It definitely is. And it's, it's sad and it's hard. It is hard to put yourself out there. And especially like the fear of judgment, because the art is so personal. If somebody doesn't like your art, it feels like they don't like you. So you just have to get over that and know, like, obviously you don't get along with every person that you've ever met. They're not, not every person that sees your art is going to like it. Like, do I love do you love Picasso? No, but do you love like this other artist? Yes. (laughs) So like there's just, everyone has a different taste and you kind of have to like 
realize that people viewing your art, sometimes it is personal, but don't take it personal. It, it's personal to you, but it's not personal to everyone that's looking at it. So you just have to kind of jump that hurdle. And then once you get out there and like recognize yourself as an artist and just like say, I am an artist, that's my job. That's who I am. This is my art. Like it's so empowering. Yeah. And, you know, I think a really good piece of advice that I've heard, I don't know from who, probably someone on the internet, is you have to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm trying to remind Mm -hmm. myself this because I'm very, I'm not, I'm not like uncomfortable with what I'm doing, but right now I'm very uncomfortable with my schedule and the amount that I'm doing because I, I talked to you, I think before we started recording, but I currently am recording pretty much season two of Artwise in its entirety inside of three weeks. And I also work a full-time job. I'm starting my own business and I have a lot going on right now and I am very uncomfortable, but I'm starting to get to get used to it in a way. And I always set aside time for myself to make sure I don't die or burn out. <laughs> like I feed myself, you know, Good. I, take, <laughs> I, I take my cup of tea and my 15 minutes of, of you know, meditation and like not... <laughs> As long as you're doing that and you're taking care of yourself, it's really good to start getting comfortable with being in uncomfortable situations because when you're uncomfortable, that's how you grow. You know, that's the yes. best way to grow because growing growing pains are a thing. Growing is never comfortable, but if if you have an end goal to get somewhere and, you know, that is putting that includes putting yourself out there, just do it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody says something mean to you because that that says more about that person than it says about you. So don't even don't even worry about it. <laughs> exactly. It's like going to the dentist or a doctor's appointment. Like, get it over with, and you're better for it at the end. So just you got to do it. You got to put yourself out there, and who knows what will come of it. Yeah, and better yet, you put yourself out there and you get used to it and then it feels like nothing and then your next challenge doesn't seem so challenging anymore. It's comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, yes. So we are coming up on an hour. Did you want to go ahead and do some self-promo, maybe like mention all your social media where people can find you, your Etsy shop, any other projects that you're working on that you want to share? Go ahead and plug plug your stuff. (laughs) So you can find me on every social media and my name on them all is Cottage and Coven and and is spelled out. It's not the little ampersand. So um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and then my Etsy shop is also Cottage and Coven. So if you just search that, you can find me there as well. And then a couple fun things that I'm working on. So one of my favorite current things, and if you're in the Pittsburgh area, you might end up being lucky enough to find one, is that I painted a shit ton of little rocks with my special designs on them. And anytime I go out, I have like a handful of rocks in my purse or pocket, and I'm just dropping rocks on the street for you guys to find. So if you do find one of those, you can keep it or you can rehide it, whatever you want, and tag me in it because I would love to see who's finding it. And I hope that people find them and it, it makes them happy. So that's something I'm doing in the Pittsburgh area. So I hope you guys find those. And then something that's kind of like in the future for me, which hopefully by Halloween will be finished. I am trying to write a children's book because I have a ton of nieces and nephews now. And I wanted to write like a spooky little cute book about a ghost. So (laughs) I am going to, I wrote the book already and it rhymes. It's great. It's like a giant poem. 
but I'm going to illustrate the whole thing. So I'm going to be working on that over the next couple months and hopefully I'll be able to have that sold somewhere. I don't know. I might put it in my Etsy shop or like maybe Amazon, but I hate to put it on Amazon. You, you, so. can, <laughs> you can self-publish it. You yeah. can self-publish it. That would be cute. So, yeah, What's it so called? That's kind of, it's going to be called The Lonely Ghost. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Oh, that's yes. So cute. Okay. He lives in an <laughs> attic and he's so lonely. <laughs> oh my God. I feel so bad for him. Oh. Yeah. It's going to be really cute. So I'm really excited for that. So that's kind of just like a side project I'm working on, but I hope to have it finished so that people can get it for Halloween. Awesome. Is, is there anything, anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up? I don't think so. Just get out there and be your artistic selves and don't be afraid to create and put yourself out there. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Okay. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Artwise. As always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, five stars would be absolutely amazing. And we do have an Instagram account. The Instagram is at Artwise Podcast. And as always, I will see all of you guys next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.